0: Kia ora Welcome to the Pocket Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Kieran Headley. This podcast is about bringing forth complete zero cost, completely free tools and insights. That I've learned along my journey of moving from anxiety and depression, diagnosed depression and panic attacks to a place of calm and confidence. Um, I've also had the opportunity of coaching over 50 people successfully to do the same. And uh, along my journey, I've um, had teachers in the field of science. I've also had teachers in the field of spirituality and mindfulness. So I'm excited to bring forth uh, the succinct version, uh the compact version and digestible version of uh the information that's really stood out for me. One big tool that's really served me in my life has been meditation. In fact, to the point where meditation has, I would even argue, to the point where it saved my life. And I know that sounds very extreme for me to say, but the reason why I say I think it saved my life because I actually don't know what life would have been like without meditation um, because it's been such a big part of my life. And I'm just going to share a few insights that have really served me along my journey of meditation in order for me to come to a place where meditation is not only something that I can use as a calming tool, but has been something that has served me to such a degree that meditation has now intertwined itself into my life where I can actually live my life quite meditatively to the point when things that used to cause a lot of anxiety in me occur that anxiety is now just simply experienced, but not reacted to with more anxiety, right? You know, that feeling when you get anxious about anxiety, or you start to get depressed about the depression, or uh, you start to get worried about feeling fearful, or like, you, you start to feel worried, like insecure about the insecurity. Like, there's so many crazy, uh, how do you put it, I guess compilations or layers that go on uh, through the constant reactions that occur in the mind and meditation has truly enabled me to come to a place where these uh, compounding effects no longer are as drastic or at all occurring. So I'm going to share a few insights along my journey of meditation that have served me that hopefully will serve you too. Now, really briefly, my starting point of meditation was not a good place. I uh, actually got inspired by the idea of peace. When I thought about the idea of peace because I was in a place when I was growing up where I wasn't peaceful, I thought in my mind who was peaceful and to my mind came the idea of monks. So what I did is I looked up from memory on YouTube when it was first a thing, <laughs> meditation, uh, because you know monks meditated and I'm like, oh, well, meditation must make me peaceful. So I remember I did a meditation, I think it was a guided, it taught me to sit down with my legs crossed, and um, I think my palms were meant to be face up, and these were just a few uh, steps that it was instigating me to take, and I couldn't do this pretty much at all, (laughs) not the sitting still part, like I sat still for a little bit, but then I just didn't get it and i think i lasted a total of about one or two minutes maybe and then i gave up and that was all uh, this would have been at my time i think i was in late middle school so i must have been maybe you know 14 or 15 years old when i tried this i was already experiencing anxiety but mainly depression at that point and uh you know over the years anxiety built up and it just got to a point where i remember a youtuber i followed said that he meditated and he, t- he talked about an app that he used called headspace well that sounds Interesting, I'm gonna try that. So I literally just downloaded the app and did it simply because he did. And I thought it was kind of cool that he did it. So I wanted to be cool. (laughs) That was literally it, honestly. Um, It sounded like it helped him. So I thought, why not give it a try? And I tried it and lo and behold, it helped. Uh, it definitely helped. Um, at the start, I was still figuring it out. And I couldn't really grasp it. I'd have good meditations and I'd have bad meditations. And then I'd get frustrated and then I'd go days, many days in a row without it because I'd just give up on the whole thing. And I'd notice actually after some time, a difference between the days when I did meditate to the days when I didn't meditate. And there was a, there was a very clear difference. I felt more agitated. I felt less in control. I felt, Uh, less clear-minded. I felt like I was a little bit more disturbed and a little bit more anxious on the days that I did not meditate. Now (laughs) that gave me a clear sign that okay well clearly meditation is working so I'll just continue that and I spent many years continuing the practice of Headspace. Headspace is this that was built by a man by the name of Andy Puddingcomb from memory. It's been a while since I've um, done Headspace. And this man had learnt a lot of deep practice and meditation through Eastern teachings, and his master was from India, from what I recall. And he wanted to simplify it for the Western mind because the Western mind isn't as um, capable of comprehending uh, the benefits of meditation, especially um, you know back then when I was first getting into it, which was you know maybe. Uh, this must have been about eight years ago now. Now, as I went through about maybe three or four years of this, of using the Headspace app constantly, uh, there was a massive plateau. Um, I couldn't seem to further my meditation practice. I thought I'd sort of reached the limits of what meditation was meant to be, but I didn't realize I hadn't scratched the surface. So what I'm going to share with you are some things that really helped me to not just break through that plateau that I reached in meditation but to actually come to a place where meditation was no longer just a 10-minute practice that was guided in the morning but actually became something that I would experience in my day-to-day. And I'm going to share with you a very brief video I actually recorded for uh, some people that were doing a free program with me. This video is a very succinct, compact, maybe three or four big insights that have come through my practice of meditation in terms of the steps that I take in meditation that have really served me, uh, and I know have really served for people um, with people that I've worked with in coaching, as well as hopefully uh, those that are listening. So you, dear watcher and listener, uh, if you are a bit of a meditator, now before I share this, I will say this: a couple of things that really helps me to grasp as well the benefits and um, behind. What was important and why meditation was important is there have been a lot of studies of meditators and non meditators. In other words, the non meditators being, being the control group, and then of course, uh, there would be the meditators where they'd be able to measure the difference between what would happen in the non meditators compared to the meditators. When they would uh, measure activity in the brain, but then also as well in terms of how they would act with certain tasks. And of course, meditators, lo and behold, ended up experiencing less anxiety than the non-meditators. And the reason being is because when they actually looked at the activity in the brain, they noticed not only did was there is there less activity in what we call the amygdala, which is a threat detection center of the brain. Okay, And the amygdala actually sig- signals to what's called the hypothalamus. And the hypothalamus then signals read up on this chain of events. Hypothalamus is it signals the brain, whereas in the brainstem you need it you can't take me on this wor- on this exact formula and process because I need to rush this up um, actually I'll look at it right now as I'm explaining it which does signal to the body and brain to release and secrete adrenaline which sends they sends us into a fight freeze or flight state in other words it triggers what's called the sympathetic nervous system sympathetic um, system being our fight-or-flight system hypothalamus is yeah, here we go. Um, above your pituitary gland and sits directly above the brainstem. Yeah, so so the hypothalamus, thalamus, excuse me, signals to the brainstem to secrete adrenaline, and what ends up happening is, of course, we end up in this fight, freeze, or flight state. Now, when we decrease activity in the amygdala, our threat detection center, we become less reactive overall because now we're going to be signaled into a less fight freeze or flight state because of the fact that there's less activity in the amygdala since that's the instigator of it now the other thing that became apparent is in the uh, in these studies and i will link some of these studies as well uh in reference in the show notes so you can access them and have a look at them yourself now there's also a decrease in the size of the amygdala over years of long-term meditators which is super fascinating, which means that the brain uh, sees less use case of this piece of the brain, therefore giving more real estate to other aspects of the brain that seemingly more crucial, including the prefrontal cortex. There is actually evidence of the prefrontal cortex of long-term meditators developing. And in other words, there's literal gray matter, which which is matter of the brain, forming more so in long-term meditators, and there's even a um, there's even a lot of evidence around conservation of matter in these areas of the brain as well that are important for critical thinking they are important for planning, uh, that are, are impl- important for making decisions of go or no go. In other words, being able to consciously discern whether or not uh, we should take action or shouldn't take action. And we can do that, so that in such a conscious way. Whereas when this is less formed, we're more compulsive, we're more reactive, we're less capable of feeling in control. Uh, there's a less sign or lesser sign of discipline so in other words these areas that are going to help us to build self-control are going to be more so developed in people that are long-term meditators so th- these are amazing data on uh why we want to meditate and, and why these are really beneficial now for those out there which i understand say med- well, meditation is just not for me i get it i thought that too once upon a time but here's the thing is <sighs> Meditation isn't just about sitting still and chanting Om. In fact, it's very little about that. That's just a form of meditation. Meditation is, I mean, there's various definitions of meditation, um, but meditation is essentially the art of doing nothing. It's the art of coming to a place of non-reactiveness. It's the art of training oneself to come to a place of stillness within self and stillness within self, in other words, non-reactiveness, is that not for everyone? Is that only for a select few humans who, quote unquote, can meditate? Or is that actually something that is almost a requisite for being in a state of self-control? Now, that is a trained state. That is not a gifted state. In fact, often we're trained the antagonist of that which is trained to be in a state where we trust every single thought that enters our mind, where we are a slave to the conditionings of our mind because we rely on our mind for pretty much everything we do in life. So when we come to a place where now we have to sit still and not listen to the noise of our mind, it becomes a very challenging task to the point where we believe we, quote-unquote, can't. Now, self-control is being able to do regardless of what the mind says to do. In other words, if I can practice being completely still, regardless of whether the mind says move, scratch this because it's itchy, (laughs) move this because it's uncomfortable or sit still because otherwise I have to face certain emotions or thought processes. And I sit still anyway, regardless of what the mind's telling me that is self control. And that is a state that is trained. And that is a state that I've had to train to the point where I've even gone and done a vipassana from being someone that couldn't sit still to someone that meditated well over 100 hours over the course of 10 days, <laughs> right? It's, uh, it was a pretty incredible feat. And I say this because if I can do it, then you absolutely can too. If you want self-control, if you want trained discipline, meditation is a fantastic training ground for that. I'm not saying it's an absolute requisite for the benefits that I've shared, but it is a fantastic step based on the evidence, the data, and from my own experience, based on what that showcases. So here's that really quick video explaining some of the insights that I've had through meditation. Uh, Not limited to these, however, these are a great starting point to the basics of some practical insights that you can take forward in meditation. I hope you enjoy. Really, the trick with meditation is to practice not fighting that which is there, because the more that I fight it and push it away, right, the more that it's going to resist and push against me. I mean, we all know what it's like when you try to stop thinking about the food that you're craving, or when you try to stop thinking about that person that you're obsessed with, right, or whatever it is. The more that you try to push something away, the stronger it gets. Ciao ciao. So if you haven't done the meditation yet and you're watching this, go and do the meditation first and then come back. Once you've practiced at least once, you want to watch this really briefly. Something that's really helped me with meditation is understanding that there's no such thing as a perfect meditation. In fact, the pursuit of perfection in meditation is taking me further away from meditation. Meditation is the state itself and the practice of meditation is to help us to get to the state of meditation. And meditation is this essence or distance I should say from the mind and distance from the emotion in other words we become more the observer rather than being consumed by the observed right so in other words when I perceive my thoughts or perceive my emotions right I am perceiving them and my thoughts and emotions are perceived so there's a distance between that which is a perceiver and then the perceived and in meditation we can start to identify that so now the more that i get caught up in that which i'm perceiving and i get stuck in that and i start making meanings out of it i start getting consumed by it and i start fighting it does it or does it not get louder so really the trick with meditation is to practice not fighting that which is there because the more that i fight it and push it away right the more that it's going to resist and push against me i mean we all know what it's like when you try to stop thinking about the food that you're craving or when you try stop thinking about that person that you're obsessed with right or whatever it is, the more that you try to push something away, the stronger it gets. With meditation, you get the opportunity to use that as a training ground to practice being aware and non-reactive of your thoughts and emotions, and then you get to start taking the the learnings from the practice of meditation into everyday life. And that's the idea behind meditation. Meditation is not just to be calmer at the end of seated practice. Right? It's not even the purpose of meditation. In fact sometimes you come out of meditation feeling less calm and you know it's not necessarily a negative experience if that is the case it just means that there's something that you're processing at that point in time that is not a backward step in fact that's a forward step because you've brought something to the surface that maybe is lying deep down in the subconscious and hasn't been addressed and now finally you're getting to address that so never see a individual practice as good or bad instead just see that as every time you sit in meditation it's progress As it's an opportunity for you to process something that's unprocessed to reveal something that's unrevealed and to generate an opportunity of creating more distance between the perceived and the perceiver now as the buddhist monk shunru suzuki says calmness during action is true calmness and when you can bring a sense of calm into everyday life through the learnings you take from your meditation practice into everyday life that's when you're going to start to live more calmly and less reactive to your situations and unfoldings of what occurs around you and eventually, you'll start to recognize moments and situations where normally you would have been triggered and you don't feel as triggered. That is progress, recognizing that. And there are various layers to meditation, right? As you develop more skill with meditation, the guidance becomes less and less as you become more insightful because guidance will trigger a direction of focus which actually takes one away from being able to go as deep as you might be able to. But essentially, guidance is like training wheels, right? You use training wheels first to get your balance and to get familiar with riding the bike and then once you're familiar with it, you can take away the training wheels and you can go on your own. That's the same with guided meditation and then moving to unguided. And actually running a program now that I'll share with you very briefly, if that's of any interest, don't worry if it's not. Um, this isn't <laughs> meant to be a sales bitch. I'm just offering an opportunity for those that want to further their meditation practice uh, and want to work on their ability to be more in control of their mind and emotion. Then if that's of interest to you in any way, shape or form, uh, there is a meditation process that goes along that program uh, that. I have assigned to uh, complement the process. So if that's of interest, just flick me a message and I can share a little bit more insight around what that is. Anyway, I hope that was of insight, of help to you to understand a bit more about meditation so that uh, you can start furthering your practice of being more meditative. Lots of love. And so that's wrap. And I have a gift for you. And this gift is that meditation that I mentioned in the little clip there. Now, all you have to do is you go to the description of this video or podcast, whatever you're listening to, and you'll find the link there. You can download this by accessing that link. That link will also come with uh, that small clip of a video as well as an introduction, which I want to invite you to watch first. Very important, particularly if meditation is a little bit more newer to you. It is a guided meditation And it is a meditation in such a way that will allow one who is a beginner who does struggle with meditation to be able to meditate and to be able to practice this idea of meditation. So that is something that I really want you to take away uh, if you want to really give meditation a go. And yeah, I'm really excited to hear what it is you notice when you practice 10 minutes invested in yourself of this concept of meditation. So as always, guys, I don't ask for anything apart from uh, if you did get anything out of this or you get anything from the meditation. I'd really appreciate it if you go ahead and, uh, well, share the podcast, right? Share the uh, channel or, you know, whatever you're watching or, you know, taking in this info from. That would be an absolute amazing step for you to take if this has been of any service to you. Anyway, love you guys. Would appreciate any feedback and or subscribing, uh, reviewing, you know, leaving, you know, the reviews on the podcast channels. Yeah. All that sort of stuff. Ciao. Bye.